The Batteries Included podcast is brought to you with United Chargers. United Chargers presents the Grizzly range of EV chargers. There's the original Grizzly Classic, a powerful, heavy-duty, portable EV charging station built to withstand the toughest conditions. The Grizzly Duo, a dual-port unit designed to charge two vehicles at the same time. The Grizzly Mini, a small, portable charging station built with an indoor-outdoor-rated cast aluminium enclosure. And the Grizzly Smart, a revolutionary smart EV charger. All Grizzly chargers come with a convenient 24-foot cable and the ability to adjust the current from 16 amps all the way up to 40 amps. That's 9.6 kilowatts. Plus, they're IP67 rated. Built in Canada with the highest quality materials, order yours now at unitedchargers.com. That's unitedchargers.com. Hello, and welcome to the Batteries Included podcast. It's December the 8th, 2023, and this is episode number 14. Thank you very much for joining us. On today's show, we'll be talking about towing a pair of antique electric cars with an electric truck halfway across the country, the first Flying J slash EVgo slash Altium charge stations have opened, and battery company Our Next Energy powering a BMW iX for 608 WLTP miles with its hybrid pack, and of course, much, much more. I'm Dominic Yoni host of the YouTube channel, Drive Electric with Dominic. Joining us today is the master, massively masterful <laughs> Mr. Martin Lee from the EV News Daily podcast, which is available on all the best podcast platforms. And of course, Kyle, Kyle Connor will be joining us from the majestic, practically palatial halls of Respect Studios, where he produces high-voltage videos for a number of YouTube channels. He'll be with us in just a moment. Uh, unfortunately, Tom can't be with us today, but he'll be back next week. Uh, so... Hey there, everybody. Or hey there, Martin. Good morning. How are you doing? And hello to everybody in the comments as well. It's wonderful to see you, and thank you for joining us uh, as we as we head towards the end of the year and that sort of wind down towards holiday season. Although right. it's always always worth reminding myself that uh, so much of this audience is from the US, and it's so different there to here. I remember one year we were doing this show, and I think this show fell on Christmas Eve, and I just assumed that we wouldn't be doing this show, uh, or it was like on Boxing Day or something, and mm -hmm. like you guys were like. No, no, we work in America. Like, no, we're, we're working. And I'm like, Christmas. hey, in Europe, New we'll years. be off for like a month. We'll see you sometime in January. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right. So last week, the entire show was all about Tesla Cybertruck. And I think we got a bit of, uh, a good bit of information out there. But And I don't want to spend too much time on that today. But there are a couple of things I thought worth mentioning. Uh, so one is the EPA certification documents that were made public, which tell us uh, a few things about about the vehicle. So it lets us know that the usable usable battery size is 122.4 kilowatt hours, which is uh, a number. The number that was out there was 123 kilowatt hours. So that's basically it. And its battery specific energy is 170 watt hours per kilogram at the pack level. So. I'm not sure if, how well this is, how understandable this is, but so the amount of, it's basically the specific energy is also sometimes sometimes referred to as the uh, graphometric energy. It's basically how much energy the battery's cells or the pack, whichever, how much energy it holds per kilogram. So it's a pretty key size because the, the bigger that number goes, the lighter a pack can be. Or, or the more energy you can put in a pack and it not be, you know, overly heavy, like, like say the, 
the Hummer EV, you know, it's that's got a huge like over 200 kilowatt hour battery pack. But as the energy density goes up, or as the gravimetric energy goes up, uh, so it, you know, it'll be you could make it a lot smaller or a lot lighter pack. Uh, and yet, usually that's also in line with the volumetric energy density as well. So, you know, volume and weight are the two, really the two big kind of things that you look at with energy, uh, with battery chemistries. So, but this is interesting because the, the uh, Cybertruck now has a 170 watt hour per kilogram energy density at the pack level. So this number is very interesting because the Cybertruck has the next-gen version of the 4680 cells. As those are the big ones that Tesla developed, and it's uh, it's in a structural pack, from what I understand, it's cell to pack. Um, so meanwhile, the Tesla Model S, which you know came into the world in 2012 with 18650 cells and like a, a module-style pack. So inside the pack, there's a bunch of modules and things going on in there. It's it, uh, has a energy density of 187 watt hours per kilogram so oh, so at the uh pack level the old cells for some reason are, are it's more energy dense than the than the brand new thing and i don't really understand why that is so that's super surprising to me uh, i reached out to engineers at a at an automaker to confirm that i was int interpreting the uh the data properly and uh, and was, so i'm i'm Look, a little uh, discombobulated here. I think Kyle needs a link, Martin, if you have it. If you could, yeah, I'll send that over to him. He, he can't get on the WhatsApp. <laughs> and I'm not sure where I left my phone. <laughs> okay. with me. All right. Uh, right. So this is like a, a big thing. So I reached out to these engineers that I know, and, uh, you know, they confirmed that I was, you know, this that's what's going on here. So. See, uh, Kyle and Francie uh, discussed the Cybertruck battery on the Out of Spec podcast, so we'll ask him about it when he joins us. But uh, Martin, do you have any any thoughts on this at all? Is it like when you? I mean, the, the main thing was uh, is just a, kind of a lack of understanding, really, on um, on why it's not better. Uh, and I don't mean that to be, hey, Kyle, um, and, and I don't mean that to be. Uh, any any other way apart from I just don't understand how it's not better after all the things that we were promised and, and that's fine because sometimes you might not get the exact spec or the price or the range or something like that um, but after so much uh, of uh, of being told we're working on next gen technology and it's going to be super great and okay so improvements might come down the line and I understand all of that like you know one day we may see these things but you know, battery day showed us how the range was going to be better. The price was going to be so much lower and it's going to enable Tesla to unlock so much. And then what the Cybertruck gets is what you have, we've had since the Model S, which is like, oh, that's OK. So um, and I'm I'm confused about that. So I'm confused about why it's just not it's why it's just not so much better. Right. So I'm not sure. Kyle, did you catch that first part of the conversation? No, I'm just just logging in now. Good morning. Uh, good morning. So we were just talking about the the specific energy of the Cybertruck pack compared to the Model S pack and the, the 170 watt hour per kilogram number. That's right. But does and, that include the weight of the battery pack because it's structural? Yes. yes. And does the Model S's? Yes. Are you sure it does? Uh, well, I mean, I so I reached out to engineers at another automaker just confirmed that's kind of what I should be looking at. It's a specific energy at the pack level, and that's. You know, it's, they said so. 
I, I believe I'm, you know, I'm using the, the Tesla numbers that they submitted to the EPA for, for every, every vehicle. So they should be, you know, congruent or they should correspond to each other. Right. Yeah. Unless they have inherently different pack designs, but yeah, makes sense. Well, they, well yeah, they do have inherently different pack designs. Yes. Uh, but, and I don't think this involves any cooling fluids in the pack as well. I, I think this is like without cooling fluids. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of curious. I know there's a path forward. I would imagine there's a path forward to de further developing the, this 4680 cell. So it is, you know, can fulfill the promise that they made. But man. Uh... I, and this is a comment that we had in the, and so last week, I know I, I was tough on Tesla last week because the world was was fawning over Tesla. So I thought, well, I'll just be the lone voice of this is a real letdown. Um, and I haven't driven the truck. Um, and there is another another outlet. And I won't say who they are because it's I don't know this person, but they're a very highly respected auto journalist. And they are one of the people who got to drive it. And and we know who got to drive it because if you've been following the Cybertruck news, you've seen Top Gear had a video and, and um, MKBHD had and Monroe had a video. There's a few people in the world who got the, the car, the truck before it was released. Um, and then they made a podcast about the Cybertruck and they said, it's so good. The Cybertruck is so good that if I was working at any other car company, I'd want to hang myself. And I was like, dude, how can you be so like you're an auto industry journalist? How can you be so brainwashed? that this is the ultimate iteration of personal transport. It's not. It's It, it right. blatantly is a massive letdown from what we were promised. And yet when you drive it, they're like, oh, my goodness me, this is great, and that's great. None of that. Tesla's 10 years ahead of everybody else. Now, firstly, that's a really awful thing to say about everybody else working in the automotive industry who are fantastically competent and intelligent and making wonderful products. Um, and it's the kind of thing that I hate the most about the extreme bit of the Tesla fandom, which is probably not anybody watching this uh, this podcast, but it's not only that they love Tesla, and I love Tesla as well. I think they do an amazing job. It's that they love Tesla, but hate everything else. And that's like the ultimate kind of football fan, sports fan. Like if you don't, if you're not on my team, then you must, you know, you. you it's almost like political levels of you are the enemy. And and I couldn't believe that he said that. And and it's like, but just look at the numbers. And, and again, Leonard has a version of, you know, of what I'm talking about, which is the part people are forgetting about Battery Day is that the improvements were production capacity and the bottom line, et cetera, et cetera. And I get that, Leonard, and I think you've put that in a, in a, in a really good way. But I would remind you that we're meant to get 54% more range, 56% reduction in the cost per kilowatt hour, and a massive improvements uh, in from you know from Tesla's side, and we're not we're not seeing any of those things yet coming through, but that could happen in the future. Um, and I was surprised. I was pretty hard on Tesla last week. It's a pretty uh, strong two footed tackle, and no one really took me up on it. Everyone kind of went, yeah, he's probably kind of right, which I was surprised about. I wouldn't have minded a few Tesla fans going, you know, this British guy's an idiot. What does he know? And no one, I think one person was like, ah, oh, you totally missed the point of it. And I'm like, wow, that's not much pushback. So that was my take. Right. Uh, just real quick, uh, David WS mentions, asks, says in the comments, Dom, 18659 cells are not old cells. 18650 is just the size of, right? I understand it. Yeah, the 18 and the 18650 cell that uh, Tesla makes with Panasonic at the Gigafactory in Nevada have actually improved since those early days, too. It's not the same chemistry exactly as the original chemistry. So they are better, but 
I would expect the would have expected the 4680 to be better than the old that you know the previous cell used because they've they've gone to the 2170 in the Model 3 and the Model Y and then the 4680 and the Tesla truck. But the uh, 4680 cells do seem to be uh, good at something. So I assume they've lowered their cost. That's because you know they're making them themselves. So that's a, you know a vertical uh, uh, a vertical supply. So. After after the show last week, I watched some of the other videos, and I, you know, besides so besides pro probably being cheaper, the uh, the Haggerty video that Jason Camisa made, uh, they showed the Cybertruck doing the quarter mile you know, racetrack at ele in eleven seconds like, consistently, consistently, time after time after time, down into thirty percent battery state of charge, which is like a pretty low state of battery, and they lost me I think two or three tenths of a second at thirty percent state of charge, so that tells me. Uh, these batteries, I mean, have really good uh, cooling properties, I think, or the pack design. No, you don't think Kyle's shaking your head. I don't think drag racing is a good way to measure thermal performance of a system because you get a hit and mm -hmm. then you got to come back and it cools down and then you get relined up, mm -hmm. cools down, they get another hit. Right. You know, real track use is, is uh, you know, a, a good indication of cooling. I mean, I can rip on a car that has terrible cooling and do launch after launch after launch in the case of Rivian. Right, mm -hmm. Mike, and we did you know a hundred launches when I did Rivian versus everything. Never had an issue. Did, um, did your times go down? Time. You... Um, not really. No, not majorly. Um, okay. And and the thing is, like that just shows they they have more headroom. They could tune it to be faster at higher state of charge. So they they're obviously not giving it max performance from the battery standpoint. Because right. if it doesn't slow down as you lose state of charge, then it's not fast enough. Right. So, you know, maybe they'll have a Cyber Beast Plus one day. I, I don't know. I think um, I'm really excited to drive the truck. I've done nothing but talk about the truck for a whole week. And and here we are still talking about the truck that we Sorry. haven't driven yet. But it's not, no, it's not anyone's fault. It's there. The people are interested, as am I. But uh, I'm right. just frustrated that we can't seem to track down a truck to, uh, to drive yet. and experience. Yet. I mean, it's only been a week, and there's only like a handful of them out there, right? Sure, certainly, yeah, yeah. But I've I have seen some some California outlets, you know, have friends who take delivery. Jay Leno's friend had one, but also like some other smaller outlets are getting their hands on them. So right. um, yeah, I gotta gotta find a way to get one. Right, and like after the show, after the show last week, I think I said I was a little bit disappointed in the overall vehicle sort of thing. It's not really, but then after watching the videos and like. I really want to drive it. I don't necessarily want to own one, but I that the the uh, drive-by-wire steering. It sounds like what they should have done a while ago when they put the yokes in cars. That's the kind of that's the kind of steering system you need, for, for, you know, for a yoke. The full full lock is like hundred, just over one hundred eighty degrees, right? Hundred eighty. Yeah, so it's degrees, just upside down. down. So it's as you oh, come upside down. Is that, it goes all the way upside down? Yep, 180 degrees is you know flipped upside right, down. Right. So it's 170. Okay. Yeah. Which is what you what you want for like a yoke system, not some you know a yoke that'll spin around a bunch of times as you're trying to back in and out of yeah. place. I mean, I lived with the yoke on my Model S. I never mm -hmm. thought that was a like a dangerous situation. It just wasn't a pleasant one. Um, right. So I'm sure the steer by wire will be better. Um, I, between the three of us, I'm definitely the Cybertruck fan because I'm in the camp of like, this is the coolest thing ever. I want to drive a giant triangle down the road and it is the <laughs> ultimate form of transportation. Like I'm so into this thing. Right, um, And you weren't before, but now you are after all that. Well, I've kind of always week. have been. I just never commented on it before because 
it did no one any good to comment on a you know on a pre-production prototype car um that that you know was going to split the divide but now that it's real i'm like hell yeah i want one in my driveway as soon as possible so we can play around with it if the charging is going to be as good as the or the reports say it might be which is 350 kilowatt 20 minutes 15 to 85 then it's instantly a fantastic uh you know step above the rivian in terms of how i use the vehicle which is towing hauling moving stuff around all the time right could be better so i'm excited all right uh oh greg pochet mentions honestly guys ea is in the middle of a huge meltdown and you were talking about the tesla <laughs> So yeah, this should be on our story up. list today. My That's dad fine. just produced a whole video. It just went up on it. Um, right. We should definitely talk about the EA situation. Yeah. Is it, uh, is it, off, is it offline? Uh, we can talk about it now if you want, Dominic. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk well, about if it's, yeah, if this is a breaking news story. No, no it's not. I saw it. Oh, okay. Well, let, so I saw this. <laughs> okay. This happened yesterday, right? I believe I saw this on your timeline yesterday. I was looking... On Twitter, at your yeah, timeline. it started started yesterday mid morning, okay. something like that. We started getting the rate your charge reports of of weird stuff happening. But interestingly, right. we never got rate your charge reports from in the field having issue. So of course, um, EA has been known to have unreliability problems, um, and so they they really haven't set the customer up for a confidence inspiring experience using their network. However, I would argue. There is a major glitch, but mm -hmm. they did an, a really great thing by fixing it, or at least having a workaround. So yeah. to me, this is a non-issue. It's actually a positive. That's, that's right. That's why I'm not really. That's why I didn't put it on the story list because I didn't really think it was such like, too big yeah, a deal. It's not really. that big of a deal. People it's worth like mentioning, to, though. People like to you know sort of trash on EA, and certainly like we don't enjoy it, but we do when it's deserving. We don't hold back. No. Yeah. Here's the thing: uh, EA's app stopped working. Basically, it lost connectivity to the back end. It says, oops, sorry, I can't find any charger. Interestingly, mine actually worked when others weren't. Uh, but now here we go. Oops, something unexpected happened. Yeah, you know, please check your internet connection. I don't know. I'm connected to internet, whatever. Um, so that popped up and then it's like, can't get connected to the back end server. Um, so then you think, oh my goodness, can I use an EA charger? I don't know. Uh, and, they, and what was interesting was they actually went on Twitter to communicate for the first mm -hmm. time in a long time yeah. where EA said, Hey, we have an issue. We're working on it. They didn't say the chargers, you know, are in free vend and you can go use them. But they said, we at least know there's something going on and we'll try and keep you updated. I forget the exact language. And I communicated back. And I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for using social media. I think in general, EV drivers, um, you know, we, we understand problems happen. I can't imagine how or why it's so hard to charge a car. I always say we put a man on the moon in 1963 or whatever it was, but I can't get my electric car to put get electricity into it. Like this is so basic technology. Um, and, and even knowing the inner workings, like I was just at Charin last week and everyone's like, oh, it's so hard to do this, this, that. I'm like, it's really not. Charge the car. Like th this is stupid. So, um, you know, we can go on about their unreliability issues. So their app broke, they communicated on social media and they had, um, and their chargers, the entire network defaulted to completely free vend complimentary charging. So anyone that was on a road trip who showed up to a charger, anyone who just was charging normally, they all plugged in and had a plug and charge experience. And it started without any hustle or uh, fuss or anything. So, 
I'm like, why is this an issue? This is great. They communicated. They didn't necessarily say like, go to our chargers and get free juice, but they said, you know, we're aware of a problem. We'll keep you updated. The chargers went to free vent. It was zero impact to the EV driver. And in fact, it was a little bit of a perk because they got free charging. And that's exactly how a situation should be handled. If you lose connectivity, the chargers need to charge cars and ready to go. Oh yeah. So they said the, the chargers were working to follow prompts on the charger screen. Great. So, you know, there was at least some confidence that you could go to a charger that they communicated. I, I don't see how this is bad. I mean, that's, as as, that's, that's perfect. It, it, it should fall. It should always fall over to Freevend. There's no instance ever that a car charger can't fall over to Freevend. That's it. It's all, all it has to do. And so they, they have to stump up the cost of the electricity. It's their problem. It should always fall over to Freevend. Yeah, I'm not saying like it was the perfect experience all around. You know, I think stations were probably a bit busy and you couldn't see them. Someone commented, but like you were able to charge and that's what matters. And and ultimately what matters is, you know, if you live, my opinion is if you own an electric car, you should charge it at home or at work. Otherwise, you shouldn't own an electric car. Therefore, you should just use high power DC stations to uh, for road trips or people when you're in areas that are unfamiliar or if you need a quick top up occasionally and, you know, or if you have an issue where you just bought a car and your home charger is not installed yet or something, there needs to be ways to alleviate pressure on DC charging uh, from the EV driver because it's it's almost like people are just relying on that as their main sole form of charging. Uh, but but I, either way, forget about all that. EA did the best they could, I think, and really did this uh, right. Now, I, you guys know I'm the first to to go after them when something bad happens. But my impression of this was, you know, sort of a plus work. Well, the only criticism criticism I have is they didn't put anything on their Facebook page because not everyone looks at Twitter and Facebook. You know, is a big thing. They have what nine point six thousand followers on uh, Facebook. They've got twenty. 300 on on threads and they didn't post anything they're only on twitter so that's one area that i could you know room but for at the end of the day it would right. even if those people were going to the charger it affected right. them zero so right. they, exactly. in my opinion they didn't even need to communicate but they did which was cool right which because is why anyone that was just going to a charger got the charge they needed which is so this is why i didn't really put on the list because of, of today's stories because i didn't think oh i mean they're doing the right thing is it's not i don't know if it's a news you know but it's worth mentioning that they, that they've got it right. Yep. yep. Yeah. All right. Yep, totally. I think that uh... Martin's showing us a rate your charge. Uh, he pulled up the worst EA station in the country. Oh, oh it's this <laughs> in Flagler, Colorado. This is close this to you. This is the I seventy diner. Okay, I've been going past this one because it's here in Colorado often, and I now just pretty much pretend it doesn't exist because there's now. <laughs> Um, charge point 200 kilowatt units on either side of this in about 40 miles in each direction. So I skipped this one. And okay. um, this, so has, this one, uh, yeah, they have two 350 kilowatt, two 150 kilowatt chargers. The two 350s are dead. The <laughs> one oh. 150 actually, I think, was also dead the other day. And then the other remaining 150 was limited to 50 kilowatts. Oh, so there's well. 150 kilowatt port on this one. This room is a notoriously bad ea station okay interesting but they put canopies over it oh really well, that's something are they solar canopies? nothing i want my car to charge i don't care if it if i get dry or the first job charge my car secondly make sure. it comfortable right all right let's get back to just like just a little bit more cybertruck sorry people who are not big cybertruck fans i understand um but we need to talk about this so i just want to say that 
you and Francie talked about this on the podcast, and so you don't really know what's going on with that battery situation and energy density thing. But you do have a, a couple of interesting pod, uh, podcasts or episodes of the of the Outer Spec podcast covering the uh, the steering system, and also your your whole Cybertruck delivery experience. As Martin just brought us up here. Uh, if you want to like get a look inside the Giga factory in Austin and see, you know, your experience through your eyes, that is up as well. Um, so I just wanted to mention that uh, also that Tesla has invited early reservation holders to order the Foundation series of Cybertruck that adds about twenty thousand dollars to the price of an all-wheel drive or Cyber Beast. Uh, basically, it's a fully optioned truck with special badging, premium accessories, charging equipment with PowerShare. Home backup hardware fsd beta is included and uh, even more that it, it uh you get the, the light bar option as well installed so the cyber truck has like a this light bar option at the top of the windshield i b- believe it's built inside or it's, it's integrated somehow into the into the thing so it looks pretty cool i think uh yeah so i don't know I'm, i was wondering if uh, tom got got one of those invitations but i guess we'll have to wait to find out um yeah so right that so that, that makes sense there'll be people with 120k to drop that want to get this in their driveway that makes perfect sense uh, you've got to prioritize the expensive ones they always have done uh, all car companies do that makes sense to me right uh, Twenty thousand, and i believe they said the uh so the all-wheel drive deliveries are happening now basically uh, i'm not sure if there's like a, a few days or a week or whatever delay from the cyber truck event delivery event to actual more trucks being rolled up to customers, but they should be happening anytime. And then the Cyber Beast, they say early 2024 is when those first deliveries will happen. Uh, yeah. So I think that's just about all the Cybertruck for today. Uh, yeah. Uh, what a shame. Bye-bye, there'll be Tom. more. There'll be more. For one Don't more. worry, for Martin. All, all I want to do is is hear from real people like Kyle or real, real owners uh, who, who drive it rather than reviewers who were who were given the vehicle a week before and we all know how that plays out like if you were one of the three or four outlets that were given this vehicle a week up front and this you know one person who i who i mentioned before had it for, i think for three days um you're not going to get an unbiased review though no. you know i mean it, it, top gear are big top but top gear need test oh, what do you mean tech. by that because like that's sort of industry standard yeah, so that's industry standard, is you're not going to get an unbiased review if you are one of the chosen few in Tesla's little club uh, to get that vehicle. So I watched I watched them all, and they were all fawning, and it's wonderful, and it's great, and there was no yeah. downsides. So and I'm like, maybe it's just that good, Martin. Mate, what a waste of my time. Let's get some real people driving the vehicle, like yourself, <laughs> some real owners, and tell me what the thing, and, t- and tell me what it's like, the good and the bad. Um, I, I even had to smile, even like Clean Technica, which is a great website, and they're not in Tesla's pocket. Uh, and they were like, "Here's ten terrible things about the Cybertruck, but here's eleven things we love." And I'm like, "Everyone's terrified of of just annoying Tesla because they'll get, I don't know, cut off from the, I don't know, the good juice or something." And it's right. like, I don't oh, think Clean Technica gets anything from. I don't Tesla. think they get any <laughs> any good juice from yeah. Tesla. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
Um, I'm like, oh man, just I like, think... just write, here's 10 great things, here's 10, or here's five great things, and here's one. Thing I think it's just like. them trying to be balanced. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have a different view. I'm, I'm normally, I'm the cynical one. What's going on here? I, know. I, I don't know what's totally happening. Completely... Maybe you're in a bad mood today or something because I'm just like <laughs> so excited about this. And I thought the reviews were great and they chose fantastic outlets to launch the truck with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jason's not been a Tesla fan. I don't want to argue about his review, but like, I, I don't, he's not been. traditionally a tesla fan he literally trashed the model s plaid in his lucid review and um you know here he is if the if he's saying the cybertruck is that good at least in the three-day drive that he had it left him with an impression my opinion of jason that it's that good right maybe i've been maybe i've been broken by modern media and when everyone says it's that good maybe it's just that good maybe it's just exceptional i mean there's been a really polarized uh, reception to it you know there's it's it's very polarized you have a lot of lovers and a lot of haters there's not a whole lot in the middle (laughs) yeah but that's that that's uh, that's a lot of people hate it because it's cool to hate it like there's a there's a subculture of of because of what elon's done with Twitter sure. and politics and you know and his move to the right and it, all that kind of stuff. There's now a subculture where it's cool to hate Elon, it's cool to hate Tesla. And there was always that kind of thing where it was cool to hate electric cars or you know you could score some points on social media by bashing Elon. But there now is a much larger groundswell of people who I wonder if they just say stuff to say the right thing in front of their followers because they're like, yeah, look at that. It looks like a cheese grater. Yeah, rubbish. And you're like, well, you know, you're not really, you're not really saying anything interesting. It's just you're bashing it for the sake of bashing it. So, you know, I'd, I'd ignore those people. Well, I think the the general audience agrees with you, Martin, which is let's hate car reviewers. Let's not trust anything anyone says. And, you know, and it sucks. And that's the batteries included audience. And that's fine. Uh, okay, Again, that's fine. once we get our hands on it, we'll get some actual data. And then you, then we'll present the day and everyone can make up their mind. My impression after watching everything, and I also know the people reviewing them, like I know what they're into. Um, they're like uh, awesome people who are genuine car enthusiasts who I would, these are the people I would pick to review a product and, and base a, pur- a purchasing decision off of it if it were me. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I just know them. And so I have a different view, but also like, I don't know, I think it was, I think they were done well. I think the truck's epic based off everything. But of course, we'll play around with it when we get it. I, yeah. There's not much I don't like about it. And that's just me. I think it's all pretty cool. I, I, I like like the Top Gear team. I like their, this is not obviously like Top Gear magazine, editorial print, and Top Gear TV show. They're entirely different beasts that share mm-hmm. the same name. A different sure. ownership, different product. I subscribe to Top Gear magazine. I love their writers. They're all incredible. And the video chat, the videos they make are brilliant. But like at one point, they opened the frunk. And they pushed the bunny up and they went, whoa, amazing. And I'm like, are you guys, whoa, look at this. Like, yeah. you, you've opened. The Franco is not that amazing. You've opened a bonnet or a boot before, I presume, in your life. Like, at no point <laughs> did I ever go, whoa, this thing opens. And I'm like, you are, I don't know, did they, were there minders? Were there heavies? Were there people being like, at any time, we'll take this vehicle away from you if you don't say nice things. Because they were like, "Whoa, the tr- the front opens," and I'm like, "What is what is this?" I think Mar- so, I think Marquez was a little bit had a few you know <laughs> things to say that he didn't like. You know, had a few uh, criticisms. I'm not sure. You know, it's been a while. It's been a week since I watched his video, so I don't remember exactly what he had to say. You know, I, but I did get the impression there's a few things with it, like the steering, the driver wire. It might be a little bit too sensitive for in this city. It might need to be dialed back a bit, but it's all software based, so that's going to be really easy if if they find that 
you know, people find it just a bit too, you know, twitchy in the city, you know, just a little bit. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Somebody get uh, out of spec as soon as possible, please. Okay. But let's, let's move on anyway, because we got lots to talk about. Um, all right. So Kyle, right after you, we recorded your segment last week for the podcast, you flew to Ohio to get reunited with your Rivian R1T and pick up a couple antique electric vehicles. Now, <laughs> we'd like to hear a little bit about the Communicas. And I don't know if you can bring up one of those uh, Twitter links there, Martin. But uh, first, I, I understand the trip from Ohio to Colorado had you dreaming of the coming RamRev plug-in hybrid. So maybe, you know, t tell us about wh what happened. Well, should we talk about the commuter cars first? Yeah, yeah let's talk a bit about the cars. Yeah. Okay. First, so what we got going on here. These are two of the finest pieces of engineering known to man. Right. And they are 1980 commuter cars. I don't Thanks. really know much about them. Um, I did when I bought them six months ago. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I can I'm tell you idiot. a few things about them. I bought them. I messaged a friend uh, and I said, hey, would you mind going to go pick them up? And he work. He has his own shop. He's like an auto guy, uh, a cannonball friend of mine. Uh, he has his own shop in Ohio. And they were in Ohio. They were like a, an hour and a half away. So I'm like, hey, would you mind just going to pick these up? Well, pick one up. I bought, I think, the green one first. And then, you know, could you just hold on to it for me for a little bit? And then he said, Kyle, you know, there was like a red one there as well. So after he got back, like the next day, I messaged the person I bought the green one from. And I was like, hey, what, what's up with the other one? And they're like, oh, that's also for sale. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? So then he had to go back again and get the red one and bring that down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now we got two of these. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm just recovering from being sick. Right. And um, yeah, so they have they I got two commuter cars. The red one's actually the nicest one. It has a sunroof and some oh, other things. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if the sunroof was ever factory, but they have like Department of Defense stickers on them, like parking passes and stuff. So okay. I'm not sure if they were government owned back then or if someone who had them worked at the government. But basically, um, yeah, they're they're really cool. So I think we're going to try and restore one back to original and then upgrade the other one. And we'll save that for a, a series at some point. What do you uh, mean do... upgrade? What's what's oh, going let, on? How about I give you the old specs and see how they compare to the new one? Yeah, I don't even know what the old specs are. Let me know. Okay, so it's a it's a obviously a DC motor. Uh, it's got lead acid batteries. It came with lead acid batteries. Forty eight volts. Uh, had a range of forty miles if you went slow enough, and a top speed of forty five miles an hour. I believe it is. Uh, it's a sixty three inch wheelbase. And it weighs 1300 pounds originally oh it has five horsepower <laughs> originally uh, it was five thousand dollars to buy brand new in 1980 uh, from and they were made in, in sebring florida and it, before that they were called city car and then they got bought out and they renamed commuter car and yeah they're like mini mini cyber trucks <laughs> right well the the joke was i loved the cyber truck so much i bought two of them <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> or cheese louise actually so yeah what's the, what's the lady's name who who bought one a couple of years ago oh uh, yes yeah, simone uh, simone right yeah she's great um what's her first name yeah simone's her first name oh okay. it, but simone g 
uh, whatever. Uh, she nicknamed her Cheese Louise, and it's yeah. I think it was at the uh, the first Holly EV event that we uh, talked about a couple of years ago. Yep, that's where I saw one. I think for the first time was okay. that car, her car. Okay. And then I was like, I got to get one of these one day and put a, you know, P100D drivetrain in this thing. And uh, now, you know, now Plaid's out. So so would you put a P100D? That would probably tear it apart, wouldn't it? I think even a base Model 3 motor would tear it apart. You should see the connection points on this thing. It's not great. But, um, yeah, we have a, a yeah, we have a plan. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to release the plan because the plan is pretty ambitious. Okay. But we're going to try and make one rip. It's going to need a whole roll cage. A whole interior, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're gonna be able to bolt stuff to something that's not gonna, you know, fold yeah, the up chassis like a, not, probably <laughs> it's like a sardine <laughs> can, basically. I was honestly worried strapping them down to the trailer that I was gonna <laughs> gonna twist the chassis. <laughs> oh no! Uh, all right, so so you went to you flew the flew to Florida. You picked up these two adorable baby cheese wedges. Um, and then you'd have to drive them back to Colorado. That's what a thousand or so miles. Yeah, thirteen hundred and fifty-two miles to be <laughs> precise. Yeah, that's without the diversions for charging. So, well, uh, right. So it didn't go that well. Then I guess it took a while. Yeah, honestly, not really anything major due to the infrastructure. I had one okay. site, one one EA stop that was bad. Um, which, which like, that's, that's a pretty good improvement. Also driving the truck out to the East coast was nearly flawless. Uh, and we have a whole, well, I think we have a whole video on that. Um, we'll get into that in a moment, but, um, yeah, the drive back towing was, so first of all, I had the cheese wedges arranged inefficiently nose to nose rather than tail to tail. And it just had to do with the ease of loading them on, um, where we, you know, basically backed my trailer up to his. And just drove them straight across based on how he had them lined up. Um, but because they don't run, we couldn't really drive them up the ramp onto the trailer. And we probably could have, you know, found a way to maneuver, but it was just the two of us. And these things are not that heavy, but our ramps, we just were like, all right, whatever. Let's not take the time to try and rearrange all the cars. So, you had to push them up the ramps, right? Yeah. 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 That's, and 1300 pounds on. So it was just easier yeah. to go pretty much level trailer to trailer. And then we put a ramp in between the trailers. Oh, okay. Yeah. There so, you so, um, you know, driving out, uh, I would say, um, pretty, pretty good charging experience actually in Ohio and in the Midwest in general, there are so many EV go stations now. Oh, oh like that's a bunch. Nice. And they, a lot of them are pilot flying J's with like canopies or, or pull throughs. Not all of them are pull through. But I hit a couple PFJ sites, and a lot of them are under construction. I'd be driving, and I'm like, oh, where I really want a charger is right here. And then you'd look, and it's a Pilot Flying J site coming soon. I'm like, this is great. Um, they're also like almost 60 cents a kilowatt hour, those Pilot Flying J DC fast charging sites. Right. So, very expensive. Yeah, I was, I was going to talk about that. If I could, should I mention that now then? Sure. Okay. So like, as you're saying, while you were coming home, so Pilot Flying J uh, put out a, a press release heralding the opening of the first charging stations of its cross-country network that it's put together with uh, Altium. GM is... Uh, but know, I feel like that's such a delayed thing because these sites have been up for months. Right. But they just put out the press release like this week. So I didn't even know, you know, I've been wondering what's what's the progress report on this thing because they announced it like I don't know, more than a year ago. It seems like it's been forever. And there hasn't really been anything going on. And all of a sudden, this press release comes out, and it's, oh, 
wow, there's like, a, as Martin just pulled it up on our screen there, if you're watching us on radio, we're looking at a picture of, uh, looks like a traditional uh, gas station. You know, it's got pumps in the middle, like a pull-through sort of situation, overhead canopy, well-lit. There's branding, Flying J branding on one side, GM Ultium, GM Energy, actually, it says on that one. I thought, they do say Ultium somewhere for whatever reason they have GM Energy on that. Um, so... Right, so I just assume, oh, these all kind of just came online in the last couple of weeks, but you were saying they've been up for a while, and Francie has even driven on, like, maybe all of them. <laughs> There's... Well, no, but she did a road trip pretty much exclusively using PFJ. Okay. Right. So that video is coming at some point soon, too. But there, it's quite expensive. Not every site has a canopy. In fact, I don't think I have been to a site with a canopy yet. Okay. So the, the, this is the shot that they did show. It's the one that has got a canopy, but that's not necessarily representative of what people are going to experience out there in the wild. Yeah, point. they had to build one for this photo. And then <laughs> is how it normally goes. Just like the right. Mercedes charging network. Beautiful canopy. And then mm -hmm. as I was leaving the event, they're like, you know, the, the next ones aren't going to have a canopy. I'm like, what? That's what I thought we were here to film. Right. Uh, so, you know, and I'm just annoyed with this. Why is it, you know, it's it's quite expensive to do canopies, but like, yeah. it's so nice. It's it is so nice. I mean, and well, they should have solar on those just because they should. But uh, it, but the solar is quite expensive to integrate, and mm -hmm. and it does zero for helping with the charging. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. If they want to do that, they should buy a plot of land. Nearby. Yeah, they need like a field sure. full of solar. Yeah, well, like sure. A field sure. Or solar, but, I mean, but, but it's, it's just a bit look, of real yeah. estate, you know. I guess so, but it's you know, just it's costs. Yeah. I w I would say skip the solar unless there's incentives. And just put up a canopy with some lights. I use stuff like this every time I can. And I don't care what the cost is because I don't road trip that much. Um, and so if there's a price premium to pay, it's fine. Because I'm not price shopping to save five pence and six pence per kilowatt hour. I'm, I am I want this to be easy. And I want it to be nice. And there's a few sites I use all the time with canopies um, and you know refreshments, clean toilet, decent coffee. And and a canopy, and and that's, that's all I want is I just want to feel like I'm not going out the back of beyond or some little piece of a car park that they could just get cheap, and and then you're like, oh man, this just feels like I'm such a third class. And it's first world problems, but I'm such a, like a third class citizen here. Like no one cares about the EV driver. These are brilliant. Absolutely love this. Sorry, I'm just responding to John here in the comments. He has some insider connections with uh, Flying J. Oh, yeah, cool. That's cool. I'd love to find out more. Yeah, yep. yeah. Right. I think um, also Francie's pretty familiar with that project, and EVGo probably can come on to talk about it as well. So, right. Actually, um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. So we can always have them on. But anyway, I, I used those a few times. Francie did. You know, we'll have a video coming uh, either on the Out of Spec podcast or motoring. I don't know how she's going to edit it all together, but uh, should be interesting to see uh, how that all goes. She stopped at the canopied sites. I did not see any of those when I was driving. Um, but yeah, back to the road trip. I guess we were you know driving the Rivian. The infrastructure was not really the problem. Couple sites obviously weren't perfect for trailer. Uh, friendliness, which is not unusual, had to unhook a couple times and you know pull the truck over, charge it, and then rehook up the trailer. But um, yeah, th this was the issue. The, the I just pulled up the screen, so uh, yeah, the screenshot is yeah, screenshot of your display on the Rivian, and things look kind of warm. Yeah, that's after a charging session, so it's not entirely fair to the truck, and it's not unusual. But the point is, 
The Rivian thermal management system elongates the road trip time significantly. And right. so, the, you know, once I was, you know, using the truck and it was ripping and, you know, charging, driving, charging, driving, charging, driving, I would just kind of just sit at a hundred kilowatt charging. And I'm like, ah, oh, come on. So you get a big peak, 212 kilowatts, 215. And then, you know, as soon as the battery pack maximum limit hits 55 C, it just comes on a floor and, and settles down and slows down. It, it, it's even beyond that. It's the fact that it has the way I had it set up with my truck, like the, the efficiency was terrible. The charging time was very long and it worked out to where, especially as I was climbing through Kansas back up to Colorado with a headwind, which is a very normal situation for what we experience. It was 1% for one mile and that's 125 kilowatt hour battery pack. So I'm averaging like 0.75 miles per kilowatt hour. Um, mm -hmm. and that's just going 60 to 65 miles an hour. Like right. I'm going as slow as I can without getting run over by trucks. Right. And then, you know, it takes me an hour to drive an hour. Yeah. Right. An of hour of charging to drive one hour. So oh, my trip has Ooh. not only doubled, I'm also driving slower than mm -hmm. a combustion vehicle mm -hmm. and it's costing me way more money. Wow. Yeah, so so I, I had a one charging session that was over a hundred dollars. Wow. It's not wow. cheap to do this. So yeah. it's like, why would I ever, I mean, yeah, I did it for a video and maybe I'm a little bit more annoyed because my iPhone actually broke during this trip. This trip, some... I want to, I want to know more about the iPhone to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was this trip that it finally said, I give up. So, okay. Yep. So basically when I was in LA a few weeks ago, I was driving the BMW M3 combustion car and I kept using the wireless charger. Okay. Right. And I have no idea if that's correlated. I know now after posting this on Twitter, that it's BMW, camera correlated. Well, yeah, I, I, I know at least now, <laughs> according kidding. to the Twitter viewers, the uh, Twitter responders that BMW has a history of frying iPhones, but I think it's just the NFC chip and my NFC chip works fine. So I'm guessing it's unrelated, but something happened on November 16th where that was the last day this phone backed up. And I didn't realize I have automatic iCloud backups on yeah. even over cellular so that whenever I take a photo or a video, boom, it gets up to the cloud, however it needs. So I have unlimited data. That should be great. So I, you know, went around and I, ended up plugging my phone into the computer a couple times to try and transfer uh, data over USB-C um, with the high connection. I have mm. one of those fast cables just to get the workflow done. And um, it kept saying my phone was starting up in DFU mode and it couldn't read it. I didn't know what that meant, but I thought maybe my MacBook needed an update. So I would just airdrop everything uh, mm. over to my computer. Yeah. And I, that worked fine. My, everything looked, you know, the phone was responsive. It was great. Um, and then I woke up one morning in Kansas city on the drive back and, uh, my phone turned on the screen turned on, but there was no touch response and no communication response out of the port. So mm -hmm. I actually thought the screen was broken. And yeah. so I, I woke up early. I'm like, I'm going to start the road trip. I'm getting home today. I'm only nine hours away, but <laughs> I decided, okay, you know, I got to film this video. I also, you know, live online. So I'm like, let me at least wait till the Apple store opens, see yeah. if they can pop a new screen or at least see what's going on. And then I'll be on my way. And they put a new screen on it. The Apple store folks, some of them batteries included viewers. It was great hey. to see all of them. Um, you know, they, they basically tried everything they could to get the phone working. And they're like, nope, it's a processor 
malfunction. So, yep, basically I was without a phone and it delayed me almost a day on the trip. That's my fault for stopping there instead of getting home. And then I went to um, Apple Store the other day uh, in Boulder, now that I'm back, and they basically said, we've seen this happen a few times Mm -hmm. and there's nothing we can do. We have to wipe your phone and it will work perfectly after a restore. Oh, so it's, it's not, just it's a not, oh, the hardware is not fried. Hardware is not. Oh, fried. man, mm. that hurts even more. Yeah. So then, you know, there's because you can't get the data out, you can't control the phone. Mm-hmm. We tried plugging in mouses, computers, anything oh. to try and unlock the phone. I could have sent it off for probably data repair, but I, yeah. based off of what everyone was telling me, is it would be a few thousand dollars in a few mm-hmm. months. Uh, and I'm like, would I even post the videos a few months from now? And the answer is probably not. So I just was like, I was like buying another phone and I'm like, I'm going to ship this one out. And then I finally just, just as I was walking out the store, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Just wipe it. And so we lost about three weeks worth of videos on this thing. Um, So whatever mode my phone went into stopped it from updating. That's why you don't see many out of spec reviews videos this week. Um, because I just am back with a camera and we lost a lot of the awesome videos. We had some cool stuff that I wanted to to share and do, but unfortunately they won't make it on the air. But if these are the worst of our problems, we're doing okay. Yeah, so, uh, but oh yeah. man, I, I I have seen that that BMW frying iPhone thing. I, I like I wonder whether that's a um an internet conspiracy theory, but I have seen those stories fly around. But it doesn't yeah. sound like with yours, it doesn't sound like it's what that's what it was. No, because the phone works totally fine. Yeah, it wasn't uh, that then. No, no, no. Oh. I, it is just a coincidental thing that you know, whatever caused this to go into DFU mode, whatever that means, um, yeah. means it also makes something up. <laughs> yeah, it means it stopped backing up to iCloud without telling me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it just, so it kind of gradually got worse and then Yeah. Oh man, three three weeks of work gone. That's that stings. Before we go forward, can we just go back just one sec and uh, answer a question for Jared? He's just wondering if uh, one of those cheese wedge cars was in Moro, Ohio. I don't know. Oh, okay. So we no we no. Sorry, Jared. I tried to find tried to get it for you, but oh well. Um, All right, Moro, Ohio. Yeah. Um, ooh. I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not sure what part. What, what part of Ohio do you think where you went around? I thought it was somewhere. north of Columbus, like Mansfield or something like that. Okay. So, that's my understanding. Right. And I guess DFU might be device firmware update. By the way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it basically allows you to like, if you want to go back on software or forward on software, you can you can lock it in this mode, wipe the phone with new software, and you're good to go. Um, and then you uh, had, yeah. you, you're right, something weird is in the water. We've swapped places, because normally if you had a terrible charging experience, you'd say this is rubbish. And you've said it's less than stellar, which is <laughs> kind of what, what management consultants like. Don't say someone's performance was bad. Tell that person that their performance was less than stellar. Uh, so there's something weird going on, man. You've lost three <laughs> weeks of work and you're in the best mood ever. I don't know what's going on here. I'm freaked out. <laughs> well, well maybe it's because he heard about this little next piece of news okay so so it seems like rubian is introducing a new battery pack design next year so that's in addition to a smaller uh standard battery pack coming next year as well it's a little bit confusing the situation i almost feel like we need to get something from rubian on to kind of explain what the heck's going on here but uh chief financial officer claire mcdonough uh, spilled the beans at the, the uh, automotive car, uh, automotive conference at uh, Barclays was he- held just recently. Uh, so there's probably more details coming, but according to McDonough, 
it, uh, this new pack will have 60% uh, fewer electronics, 25% uh, less wiring harness, and it takes out thousands of dollars of cost out of the pack. So it sounds like a really good thing just for for Rivian on, on like it just on, from from a business standpoint. Uh, so they're planning, but they're planning on shutting down production for several weeks, uh, and then when they when they come back, go through a production ramp up uh, slowly to squash any bugs, and then ensure the quality is good. Uh, so the and both lines are going to be down. Both the EDV, like the delivery vans, those are going to that line's going to go down too. But that'll be up and producing fairly soon afterwards. So they're uh, they're introducing this new battery pack. Uh, and they're also going to a, a, a different uh, architecture, network architecture inside the vehicles as well. And this is something uh, that's going to be this. New, so the new modal uh, zoned architecture, they call it a zoned. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. So I'd like to get some more details on that part as well. Uh, but previously, you know, the, the network it had had, you know, all kinds of processors on different channels, you know, all over the vehicle talking to each other. So this simplifies everything and, uh, but we don't have a lot of detail, but it's basically it's laying the foundation for their systems going forward. So it's kind of a big deal. And uh, yeah. And this new battery pack, I'm not sure if it's going to, hopefully it'll do something for the, for the cooling. I'm not sure. Is that what, that's basically where the issue is right in the battery pack design. Uh, yeah. Cooling pack? and also just charging performance. Um, when you look at, you know, right. um, Tycon, which came out in 2019, I always use it as the benchmark I, because it's old now and mm -hmm. it charges at over 200 kilowatts at 70%. And my truck's doing like 70. <laughs> it's like, what's going right. on here? Right. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. Well, the Porsche, the Porsche, uh, Porsche did a pretty good job on, on their engineering. They figured out how to make that thing charge. Now, it sounds right. like maybe some of the early ones have issues, Tycon wise. So we got to, there's some recall or something. I got to look into it. Right. So you, you haven't heard anything about this new Rivian pack yourself yet, have you? Yeah, I, everything you mentioned I had heard, but I'm oh, not, okay. not getting too excited again until it makes its way into a truck. I will have a dual motor max pack Rivian to test soon. Everyone's been asking for it. And Rivian called me yesterday and said, we're sending one out your way. So uh, great, right. finally. So uh, what I need to find is a large pack dual motor on 21 inch road wheels to compare it to. 21 inch large pack on dual motors to come okay so yeah, if anyone do identically spec trucks well since the uh the rivian rivian now outsells the uh, tesla model 3 in colorado it's the new colorado camry i believe you called it um it shouldn't be that hard to find one right yeah that's r1s i'm gonna get a t so oh. the t is actually more efficient than the s really yeah, and every test we've that? done, and according to oh. their range, was uh, and according to EPA filings, it's slightly more efficient. So, okay, I was thinking, I forgot about the tunnel cover. Uh, I don't but, think because without the tunnel makes, cover, it'll be it'll definitely take an aerodynamic hit. We've done that test. We didn't see that big of a change. Really? Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. I need to look that up. I'm kind of curious. Now. But I hope that the one that I'm getting has the at least the manual tunnel. So for the range test, I can try and pick whatever best day we have and say, this is the max range in our test you can get in a Rivian. Right. That sounds pretty good. All right. Um, yeah. So I'm not, there's a, a bunch of news in that, in that uh, 
interview with with, uh, with Claire McDonald. It's uh, things are looking kind of good, or at least listen to the CFO, chief financial officer of the company. You know, talk about the developments. Uh, it was very corporate speak. It was very dense language <laughs> to listen to and, and to understand. But it did sound like once they go through this this whole shutdown, three week shutdown. The other side of that, things are going to be uh, looking pretty good. They expect to get profitability, I believe, next year, which is kind of a big deal. That's very fast. I have to say, when I use my truck around town and don't do any towing with it, I love it. Best vehicle I've ever owned. Still, it's an amazing product. And I just, you know, pulled up at the stoplights next to an Audi RS5 yesterday and it had temp tags. And I know I'm like, okay, this guy just bought an RS5. You know, he's going to rip it. So I hit it in sport mode. We like start out and then I just hear him. And I even gave him a head start and then just wham, smoked him. (laughs) And I'm like, this is hilarious. I'm on like studded winter tires and just wiped to the floor of this high performance Audi. And then it's like, uber comfortable i can go back in the squish mode and it like rides just as nice as an s class and i can you know i've been hauling wheels and tires around in it uh doing winter tire swaps and it's so useful and it's such a great looking truck and performing truck and uh high quality so don't get my negative posts in the last week about rivian wrong i still love my truck i just will never tow with it on a road trip ever again and i'm gonna get a diesel or or a ram rev yeah, that would work that, pretty well. I mean, the Ram sounds pretty promising, man. But. Yeah, that see that, and it could actually even be a smaller battery. I'm like, what what I think yeah. would work for a truck is give me 40 kilowatt hours, mm-hmm. and then a pretty you know just a turbo four cylinder engine or you know I'm whatever they do an NA V6 or is it a turbo? V6 I think they had a V6. In? In, uh, it's a V6 better. in the rev, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but is it a turbo? Is it the Hurricane motor? I cannot say. Well, I guess we'll wait to see. It yeah. doesn't totally matter. But the whole idea for basically the whole time I had my Rivian. Because we hadn't really, yeah. The, the the problems were the charging, the range, the efficiency. Ram charger, ram charger. I'm calling it the wrong thing. I'm saying ram rev. It's a ram charger. Ram Thanks, charger, Greg. That's right. Oh my god, I keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. it's got a huge battery. It's like I, I think it's eighty over. kilowatt hours. Is that you? Yeah, it's like eighty kilowatt. It's like crazy. And so, uh, and it's a Pentastar three point six liter. Okay, so you know that's just a motor Pentastar, that. That's right. Yeah, we'll just kind of like sit wide open whenever it doesn't matter. Those things are. Those things are okay. You think um, they put it on the on Atkinson cycle though, wouldn't you? Yeah, sure. Why not? If if the if the you know if the motor can do it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty uh, yeah I'm pretty pretty excited about that Ram Charger idea. I wish more people would go for it. I, w- I want to see like you know sort of an F250 or an F350 um, with with a diesel electric setup, like a train. And this is kind of like a train, so. a series hybrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It so. becomes expensive because you got a diesel powertrain, which is like ex- more expensive than gasoline, right? And then you also got the expensive electric powertrain. So, from but a cost diesels, perspective, from, but from an efficiency perspective, diesels love just sitting wide open. They last forever. And if you can get them in their peak operating range, it should be more efficient than a combustion engine just sitting what 6,000 RPM the whole time. I mean, wouldn't the torque part be because they make all the all the torque low end, right? The diesels. Yeah, so wouldn't it be better? Twenty two hundred RPM, something like that. Yeah, maybe like a lower RPM might be might be more efficient. I don't know. It, I, well, that's I, why they use diesels also for longevity in a lot right, of true. bigger applications. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think um, that that to me 
solves a lot of the problem. Cause I'm, you know, I've met a lot of people on the road trip in middle America towing with an electric truck right. and you meet farmers, you meet, mm-hmm. you know, it, local industrial workers that are, are not familiar with EV and they come up to me and they're like, what's it? And they are so like, when you talk to people in real life, it's not like talking to people on the internet. They are right. genuinely curious. I've never had a bad experience talking to anyone with an electric vehicle. Um, and they just want to learn. They're like, what, what's it like with you driving this thing around? And, you know, I have to say like, you know, I, I drive an electric car every day at home is what I tell them. And around town, when I take that car on a road trip from Colorado to uh, Los Angeles, I don't even think about it. It's no problem. That that issue has been solved. As soon as you start putting a lot of weight and a lot of size and a lot of drag on your vehicle, and then you have to recharge all that inefficiencies, this is the next level of innovation that needs to come. And yeah, a lot of them are familiar with this uh, Ram Charger concept. And uh, I'm like, yeah, that kind of seems perfect because the worst part about this trip is me, you know, literally extending my time by two and my costs by 50% higher to bring this trailer back than what it was to bring it out with a combustion vehicle. Yeah. One of our viewers, Nathan Green, says he has a a Ram Charger reservation. So awesome. Hopefully uh, you can share some of your experience with us, uh, Nathan, when, when that all happens. I'm not sure. Do, you know, do we know when that when that comes? That's coming next year, though, right? Probably later in the year. Um, yeah, not a hundred percent sure. I haven't really heard much other than what everyone else has heard. Right. Oh, it's the uh, no. I think it's the, uh, the the actual charger, the the electric Dodge Charger. I believe that's coming the end of oh, next year. Yeah, for sure. That's one I know for sure because I saw that yesterday. Okay. Um, it's in their Christmas. I don't know, Chris, little Christmas video that uh, they put out. Um, right. Whoa, big news and a super chat from Mark Volkswagen is sending out an over the air software update. Whoa, early 2021 ID4 owners. So that's like first edition ID4 uh, stuff, finally getting some stuff. Um, Is that that your first one, Mark? It's got to be. Yeah, I don't recall hearing about the early ones getting OTAs. I thought the early ones had to go to a dealer, dealer to get yeah. them on software 3.1 and then they can support ota right so i but think then, that's the track if you didn't bring your car into a dealer you're probably not getting the over the air update would be my guess yes he confirmed great right and it's to um, enable uh, in partly i think partly for the big battery uh to start to enable people to do more funky stuff with their batteries although you can't buy anything in the us off the shelf that you put on the side of your house and do it immediately you can if you live in germany uh but you can't in the us right now but i think that's all to get ready for at least to get you onto version 3.5 at least i think yeah 24 is the year of the start of integration of electric cars and homes other vehicles uh load devices uh v to x if you will and so we're going to start seeing a lot of work being done between the utilities and the automakers, between the utilities and charging providers to enable su- the start of what could be an interconnected web of vehicles and infrastructure. Uh, so Mark confirms V2G is with Software 3.5. And this press release was when? This was the 6th of December. So that was two days ago. Um, right. So yeah, and this is a worldwide press release, but I think it's all, all to do with this mark is to get you to get you ready to get you ready for V to not V to G V to H when they finally announce who their partners are in in North America. Right. That's pretty um, big news, actually. I, I, I totally missed that news. Was it Wednesday? Well, it came out? I didn't hear about it. 
Yes and no. Yes, I think it's cool because I want it to work. So it's an hour, it's a year and a half late because it's meant to come last summer. And it's available in Germany now with one partner. But the way it works is you've got to have their home battery system. I think they're called Hager or Hager or Herger, uh, one of those variants. And uh, um, you've got to have their home battery. And when your home battery runs down, it'll then take DC to DC from the car, recharge your battery, and then the battery powers the home. So that's not quite what everyone thinks is being promised and slash delivered here. It's really cool. Don't get me wrong. I wish I could get that. But it's not quite, you know, plug your car in, your house magically works. It's not a sort of an no, AC no. out or anything. But it's a good first step. And it's VW doing it. And they're huge. And it's mega. And it's brilliant. So well done, VW. Right. And this is kind of like something like similar to what Tom has installed in his house with the Ford Lightning Pro home uh, power to home right basically except they launched that with sun run ready to go here's the hardware here's all and you can do it right now and, and it's like well we're doing the software update and maybe one day we'll know who's selling that look i know it's fabulously complicated um yeah. what is it iso 15118-2 the whole protocol of getting dc out of the car and into your house oh, that'll be dash 20 oh okay right so I know it's difficult to do. I don't want to be hard on these 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 companies, but they did make promises a while ago that said it would be ready. I think version three point one was meant to have it all ready to go, and then they're like, oh, a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, but um, actually, we'll we'll be able to talk about this. Maybe we should even do a midweek episode on it. But Francie is at the BMW tech offices in uh, California, mm -hmm. uh, discussing two full days of basically this of how BMW wants to integrate, how they're working on it. Um, they have this ChargeScape thing that is like an intermediary between automakers and the um, utility company so that they can expand their coverage and have their own little virtual network. I don't know much about it. That's just kind of the cryptic messages I got back, but it seems like um, everyone's interested in making this work. It's just our infrastructure is so complicated uh, and our utility structure is so complicated that it's never just going to all work at once everywhere. Right. So Ford has it. Now VW is getting it. Tesla is just starting it now with this Cybertruck. They have that, I forget what they call PowerShare uh, system in, in Cybertruck and probably new vehicles coming forward. Um, so this, okay, I've got this other news story I would like to talk about because I think this is kind of a, a big deal. So, uh, so I think this actually broke slightly more than a week ago, but we didn't talk about it last week. So I want to talk about it now for sure. So let's talk batteries. So our next energy, or using their, their acronym ONE, our next energy, is a battery company, U.S. battery maker. And they just put, a, they put out a hybrid pack called Gemini, and they stuck it in a BMW iX and got 608 WLT miles uh, out of it. Running, they run it on a dynamometer, uh, you know, hooked up. So it simulated the WLTP test cycle. 608 miles. Uh, so in real world condition, that's likely to get over 500 miles of range. And it's a big increase because it's the new pack is big. It's over 185 kilowatt hours. So that's a lot of kilowatt hour, but it still fits in the same space as a stock battery. So the secret sauce of this pack is, well, not exactly secret. So it's a, it's a hybrid battery. So basically there are two different chemistries involved. There's an LFP. P portion that powers the motor and is big enough to uh, cover 150 miles. And the other part of the pack uses high energy, dense anode free <clears throat> cells, sorry, 
they use a different kind of cells. So they're really super high energy dense and they have no anode and they connect to the LFP cells through uh, DC to DC converters. And that adds the other 450 miles and they kind of work in concert. I don't know if you can show uh, Martin, there's a bit of video down there, a link to it, or maybe it's up, up here too. You can see there's a picture of the, like the pack. Um, yeah, that video is great. Uh, but there's, there's, they'll show us a picture of the pack and it almost looks like a piano. Like they have the cells, you know, the blue ones I believe are the LFP cells and the yellow ones are this new anode free cell. Um, so let me just catch up with myself here. So the, they really like, laid it out like that. That's really interesting. I know it's like it not like, at all. Like I expected. Yeah. It's very, these, it's very, these are probably the DC DC convert. And then they are. Mm -hmm. these would be sort of the bus bars between them. And then, I don't know. I need to find out more about that, but that looks interesting. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so Francie also just um, interviewed the guy who did all this, or at least. Oh, wow. Guys. Okay. Yeah. Well, or maybe she, we should. They're, they're together, I guess. Okay. Cool. Um, so <coughs> according to one, that's the uh, name of the company, Gemini contains zero cobalt, reduces lithium by 20%, nickel by 75%, and graphite by 60%. And that's potentially super important given that China, which produces and refines the vast majority of graphite in the world, just placed export controls on graphite last week. And so the graphite market is kind of in a bit of a uh, stir right now. You know, there's a lot of uh, momentum in the US to build our, our, our just sort of graphite processing and creating capacity because it's not only there's natural graphite and there's also artificial graphite. There's a plant going up being constructed maybe 30 miles or so from me. And maybe we'll go take a look at that sometime soon. Uh, so yeah, it has a uh, 60% less, less graphite. So that's great. Uh, the mineral that Gemini does use a lot of is manganese for its cathode. And it also uses aluminum and copper foil, like other lithium batteries. So our next energy appears uh, very forthcoming with its data. It says the Gemini pack has a gravimetric density of 260 watt hours per kilogram. So that's just below 280 kilowatt hours per kilogram that some of the uh, better lithium cells do. But this is at the pack level. So that's so if we compare that to the earlier numbers we were looking at for like Cybertruck and Model S, which are which have great actually you know industry. Uh, they're big numbers for the industry. I'm not, I got to check what, what they are with the lucid air. Maybe they're maybe it might be better or very similar. But anyway, this is at least a third better, right? Uh, 500 miles of range. In the I'm going to drive that IX that they did. Right. I mean, it's probably in Michigan. And I don't know if. No, I, I think it's any... with, I think it's in it's at the place that they're doing part of BMW's presentation because I think they have a oh, partnership. That's right. Is, yeah. So. That's why Francie's there to learn about their future tech. And this is a portion of that program. Oh, that's that's super interesting, actually. It's all coming together for me now. Sorry, a little slow on the update, Kyle. Uh, so this is potentially a huge deal. Right now, they're preparing uh, to move the tech. For, uh, they got to do more commercialization before they can start implementing it into vehicles. But it looks like BMW might be one, one of the first ones. But this is a huge step change in, in battery density if they can get this all to work out properly. And it really looks promising. Like this just kind of takes us 
a huge step forward, I think, in reducing battery pack. Weren't these weights. the guys as well that made like a Model S do a huge range number? Do you remember that project? Um, Martin, could you Google one Model yeah. S? Yeah, one battery be, yeah. Model S or something like that? Because I'm pretty sure they had another demonstration. They did an i3 and then a Model S and now this iX. Those are the three I think I'm familiar with. Yeah, someone said they are, yes. So they've okay. been doing these sort of one-off vehicles as showcases. And I've been meaning to get with them. For, they, I think we have had some communication between out of spec and one. Uh, and we've been meaning to make a video, but we just, you know, honestly gets on the back burner. Yeah, there's their Model S. And I forget what it did, but it did a huge number as well. Okay, yeah, watching this video, I, I got pretty yeah, 752 miles. Uh, proof of concept battery, it's in 2021. Okay, that's oh, that's with the Gemini battery. Okay, mm -hmm. single charge, right? So, what they mostly do, I think, besides this Gemini battery, LFP is kind of their basic uh battery chemistry that they're doing. What's that? There's a uh, there's a, a Walter over <laughs> here, <laughs> he just Watching. he banged on the window to say hello. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> hey, Walter. <laughs> He's getting pretty excited. Hopefully, it doesn't come through the window. He would too. He yeah, doesn't he, know his own strength yet, right. so he would just bam right through the window. <laughs> that that size just goes where he wants. <laughs> yeah, he does. I've got to say, you didn't you take him to the Cybertruck launch uh, or the, when it was on show in Colorado? Uh, yeah, in, in Colorado, and in your video, you're in front of the truck, and people are looking at the truck, and then there's more people like around Walter, like pet, petting him, and <laughs> yeah, the, no one wanted to see the truck. It was all Walter. <laughs> all about Walter. And I'm like, it's amazing. <laughs> It was really funny. It was good. Like, you know, obviously he's still a puppy. So we're in that socialization phase and Alyssa's working with him on everything. But, uh, you know, when, when I'm, uh, when I'm around, I try and also get him out to stuff. So it's pretty fun. Right. Uh, Nebula brings up GMC said they would be purchasing the LFP battery cells and, uh, still be eligible for the credit. Uh, are we talking? I wonder if he's maybe I'm shouldn't be getting ahead of myself. I'm not sure if he's talking about our next energy LFP cells or just the, the uh, Chevy Bolt in general, because the Chevy Bolt uh, is getting LFP cells when it comes back, and it's coming back in 2025, we just learned. But yeah, so I'm not sure what to make about this. I, I, I get really excited. I watch this video, and I get really excited. And then, Kyle, you mentioned, oh, they, they, they did this a couple of years ago. So now I'm like, oh, shoot, maybe this is... Still, I'm but not I sure how far least... away we are from actual production. Is so time to get excited yet? I mean, BMW has had a history of investing in startups that mm -hmm. they end up just dropping and they don't do anything. But at least they're like always trying to get into new companies. And so now they, I think one has has some potential here. We, I don't know much about the the tech beyond what you shared here, but it sounds like it's worth a video. It sounds like maybe we should have Francie on for a midweek episode all about her tech experience focusing on on this and grid interconnections and stuff. I think that would make a cool episode. So yeah. uh, maybe yeah. in the next week or two, we can do that. How yeah. big? How big was the battery again, Dom? Uh, was it 185 kilowatt hours? Yeah, plus it was 185 plus. plus. Right, and they, I don't they, know they what don't, that plus means. Uh, more more than 185. I know, but why why, why not just maybe tell maybe maybe 185 is a nominal, and it's, then that, they, seems, that seems big, doesn't it? That's yeah. I mean, it's smaller online. than the Hummer battery online calculator so but also right. like the ix never does great in their wltp or epa uh cycles when so it got, far exceeds it in real life they got right, 600 right. 608 miles they did with uh 
185 kilowatt hours. They just stacked the thing, which is 3.2 miles per kilowatt hour uh, efficiency. What what the IX the IX50 has? It's 111 kilowatt hour pack, 105.2 usable. That's a that they're doing WLTP now. WLTP is 380 on uh yeah it's 380 on that one um and so what would that be three uh 380 um divided by 105 oops that's my bad 105.2 so that's 3.6 so how is that worse how is their new battery worse than what was bmw put in it so yeah it's got to be either losses at the pack level so heat yeah. loss plus weight their coast down oh, data wait yeah plus you know did they do it properly that did not look like a fully temperature controlled fully uh yeah, that's kind of road situation i don't know that i know, that, I know, I know. That, that didn't look like a full epa cert lab or a wltp cert lab <laughs> it, it may, i mean it may have been I, I don't know where they took it but so, so it's 180 185 uh, oh, hey, what have i done he's i don't know hey, what's nobody wants to be that big so 180 um can i do this one 185. Um, I just want to make sure I'm not <laughs> saying the I've, wrong I've, thing about a company worth 1.2 billion dollars. But this is so 185 uh, divided by. Uh, let's do the gross pack size uh, of the. To, the I'm not, I lost what you're trying to do here, Martin. What's he trying to do? They've, they've made the battery pack 66% bigger. Is that right? They put Something a 66% like that, yeah. bigger pack inside it, and right. they went 608 miles uh, versus 380, which is the altitude. Uh, which is 60. So again, that doesn't make any sense. They, oh, it's they, close enough. Uh, there's testing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But they, they, so they put, a bigger, they put a bigger pack in and uh -huh. went further. Uh -huh. But actually, they, but the, but the, but the efficiency went down, which makes sense. Went down. Went up. So, yeah, because, so what right, we could do, so the, so the pack what, to, no, to, no, Dom, you, you understand that what we could do today. So Dom, the DC, DC. The DC, the DC converters, I guess they need to improve yeah. the efficiency of those. That's one of the things that they mentioned that so I think the efficiency of the pack okay, is not so as there's internal losses. Right. Yeah. There's right. The, I, I believe right. the overall efficiency of the pack is not as efficient as the standard <clears throat> pack. And that's one of those things that they're working out yes. for commercialization. Let me work this out. So they just did 608 miles mm -hmm. with a 385, uh, sorry, 185 kilowatt hour pack. So what we'll do is we'll double that, which is 1,200 miles. Uh, 180 times two is is a uh, 370. So, uh, what I'm going to do today, Dom, is invent an EV that does 1,200 miles. Okay, okay. we just invented one. It does. Uh, we're going to put a 370 kilowatt hour pack inside it. There's no room mm -hmm. for passengers. But uh, I'm going to launch my company today. Does 1,200 miles. Martin, I've been telling you we should do this for years. Collect all the reservation money, and we'll be in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. So they're worth 1.2 billion. Um, I will take half that valuation from any investors watching right now. We just invented a 1,200 mile EV. It's got a 370 kilowatt hour pack in. Uh, no one's done this in the world before, and uh, uh, we're going to be quids in. Uh, reservations open today, by the way, for that. You can give me a quarter of a million to get your name on. This is why I understand it. So actually, in the comments, in all seriousness, somebody in the comments said that that the advance here, the breakthrough, is in. It's the same. Physic. So they've put 185 kilowatt hours in what BMW do 111 kilowatt. That makes sense because yeah. the headline, the headline is that all the mainstream media will pick up on is 608. It's a big number, right? Right. But I can make any number 
as big as you like, because all they've done is they've just put a massive battery. Look how right. far we went with our huge right. battery. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I, could, I could tow that and go just. So I don't want to be down on them, but yeah. it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, uh, instead of having like if you put this in the Hummer, instead of having a uh, you know six thousand pound battery, you'd have like a four thousand pound battery or something. You know, it's a ton of weight out of out of a Hummer, which improves you know driving dynamics, probably range to some extent. But no well, Hummer has a six thousand pound battery. But no, either no, way, right, right, right. Well, I forget yeah, yeah. the exact but, number. But you're Mr. Volumetric Density, Dominic. So you, you do yeah, this is what you okay. care about. You want sports cars that are fun to drive. Like, that are light. Uh -huh. yeah. Density. Yeah. There you go. So there so you go. This is what I, that yeah. helps with. I don't understand yeah. the stuff you understand with batteries. But to me, to say we went six oh eight miles, we added sixty percent more battery, right. and we went sixty percent further. Please right. invest in our company. I don't. I don't get it. But yeah, if if all the advances are in weight or something then right it's that's, a, that's the thing it's like a, just cool. a lot yeah. a lot more energy yeah. dense cell so the vehicles can be a lot lighter that and it's a big deal and I you can fit in that same space as well well i want to make sure i wasn't missing something obvious um <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, was, uh, i mean we could make a <laughs> five thousand mile yeah! range car we just need a guys. giant trailer to load some mega packs on it um, right. in, all, in all seriousness, so yeah, I, uh, obviously they you know they laid off quarter of their staff recently. 130 people went from the 128 people went from the company true. Mm -hmm. recently. They're really struggling uh, in terms of the you know they probably launched this business in a different economy than mm -hmm. we're in now, and yeah. it's going to be tough to get more investment. But as Carl says, BMW have got a a good track record in doing this, mm -hmm. and if ultimately our next energy don't make it or whatever, but BMW as a big investor are left with the tech that they can gobble up for, you know, not putting whatever money they've put into it, you know, it's not not on the cheap, you know what I'm saying, uh, integrate that into BMW. That's got to be good that these big OEMs are investing in startups, you know, startups that a couple of years ago were worth crazy valuations. So um, it's a one-off car, like the, like the Tesla. It's a one-off. The people there, you know, obviously want to scale this. Um, mm. And I'd, I'd love to talk to them and find out, you know, more as well. Same as you guys. I'd love to kind of, get an insight into what you know what they're what they're what they're working on <laughs> nebula asks hmm, how far would a tesla semi go with a trailer full of batteries <laughs> that's a video we need to do yeah that's a video we need to do by the way <laughs> can i just get a, a everyone watching this how many people are watching live right now 384 uh, yeah. okay don't tell anyone okay <laughs> keep it between all 400 of us uh, i have an idea that i think would be really fun for ces which is oh, I want to do up. a race. I want to do a race to Vegas, mm -hmm. but I think we should all race BZ4Xs. <laughs> oh no! Yes, we get ten <laughs> of them. There's there's forty of them at my Hertz rental lot right now. So yeah. we, say, well, we want ten for the week, and we see who, what the heck happens. Is is this is this punishment for something? Do, do, do... Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to how well do you know the car's limitations, and how good of an EV road tripper are you, and how much do you know the infrastructure based on anyone? It's a whole strategy game okay. because Green River, there's only four ports, and usually one works. Oh, oh. So what's oh. your Green River strategy? I get there before uh, you guys, right? Do you take the range, but you can't make it there on one charge in BZ4X from here? Or you gotta go, or unless you go slow. I mean, you can make you it have any, to go anywhere if you go miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> that might be the move. Yeah, this is all interesting topics. Yeah, I yeah. love. No, I do genuinely love the same. Uh, like all, all of the, it's like watching uh, spec series racing. Like the right. same vehicle, 
Like they're all rentals. They've all been abused. Like that's perfect. Yeah. Well, they're all brand new, which is kind of cool actually, because they just got them all delivered. So they're all wow. like the same stuff. And then I thought we would have someone who's never driven an electric car take a Tesla Model Y and just drive there and see if anyone can even get close in any of the Subarus. Amazing. We, we, we or Subarus, a, Subarus. So we're going to Solterra? So we're gonna oh, yeah, Solterra or BZ Forks. They, they actually have yeah, both just, of them. Yeah. Okay, cool. I saw that they actually sold 400 Solterras last month in November. No pretty, way. Which is like all to my local Hertz station. That's a pretty Probably. good number. Yeah, I was wondering. I was just like wondering who's buying these exactly. Well, there's no YouTube and, videos from owners being like, hey, welcome to my Solterra channel. So maybe it is all rental. I think it is here around here we i've i've seen by the way on where was i recently yeah even just driving around here or was it ohio i was somewhere i saw a bunch yeah it's around here of bz4x's and solteras people are buying them and you know what that has a fantastic all-wheel drive system and right. it has fine you know 32 amp level 2 overnight charging is perfectly fine mm-hmm. and it's got radiant heating which is really cool and uh you know it's the right size and they seemingly are like built pretty well so i think it's fine if you never go on a road trip right yeah for, yeah for road tri- for not road tripping the other stuff the off-road there's a bit of off-roadiness to it right too you, you took them off-road yeah they're, they're the the powertrain management off-road their x mode is almost class leading okay see and i, and and I think you go anywhere in them and you go why would i pay more money than a tesla model y for this hunk of crap right um well there could be reasons i guess if you're going off-road a fair amount i don't know yeah model y is pretty good or just like don't i don't know buy something actually off-roady yeah right. but i i think they the subaru and the toyota that x mode thing actually is great okay yeah. um all right let's take a look and see what else we have in the news we not a whole lot of uh big stories i did want to mention though that uh yeah the chevy bolt it was just reaffirmed that it's coming. The LFP pack is coming in 2025, but it's only going to be the EUV. Uh, Inside EVs broke that yesterday. They got in touch with uh, GM. And they confirmed that it's only going to be the EUV. And from what I understand, I guess the EUV outsells the EV two to one, which I didn't know. I only see the EV around here because we have a our city, Tallahassee, has a fleet of Bolt EVs, and that's basically what I see. I never don't really see the next one. So, but it sounds like it's going to be basically. I'm not sure if they're going to do much in the way of changes to the exterior styling. I imagine they will update it, I guess. But for the most part, you know, that body structure is the same. So, this next little bit is engineering the LFP battery pack to fit inside and setting up the supply chain to deal with the huge volumes. You know, and that takes some time. That's why they can't, you know, extend like the, they, they're going to stop building this now. And I imagine they kind of want to keep on building it. But they've there's a whole issue with the supply chain. They didn't, you know, they have to plan ahead some time. You know, they have all the batteries and all the different parts, you know, to build these things and numbers going forward. And those contracts are ending. So they're kind of stuck for a little while until they reestablish all that kind of stuff. I saw my name in the chat. Mm. Oh, the EV was in production much longer. It's likely why Dom. It's true. Oh, except the first few years of of the Bolt has had a rough go of it over its uh, product lifetime. Right? It came out in, what 2015 or 16, and all the batteries were recalled at some point. So that's a huge hit to the program. Uh, yeah, it's just been not a, not an easy road. Probably not a profitable road for GM either. In the Although they've sold a lot this year with the new improved batteries and 
you know things are finally going right so right so i just want to get out there and also should mention i guess to uh, give it the accolades it deserves the Chevy Bolt EV was named the 2023 Fleet Car of the Year, actually, by AutomotiveFleet.com. Just so, as it goes out of production. Just as it goes out of production. Bye, man. So that's pretty much all the news. I have just a couple item, other items. That, yeah, we have a couple minutes. That new well Bolt's really them. exciting. If the, even if they could just give it 100 kilowatt charging and it could yeah. just sit flat. Oh, yeah. What a car. Yeah, that'd be great. And if they can keep the price in you know, the same price point, they have a winner at this price point because you know, like I'm touching a, that right now. Such a Bolt fan. They're great. They're reliable, except for the early ones that come on fire. But uh, they're they're reliable, and they the new ones look really good, and they're like actually fun to drive. They're they're enjoyable, yeah. and uh, yeah, they're they're great. It's not just fun to drive as a Spark EV, but you know, we can't true. All. Your Spark was really Man, that was, enjoyable. Last, yeah. Um, so what is this? okay, so this is a bit of news out of China that I wanted. I thought it was kind of important to mention. So the world's biggest battery company is CATL Cattle, I call it. Uh, so they developed a new skateboard chassis that gets, they say, 621 miles under the CLTC rating. So 621 miles off the top of my head, I'm thinking, well, that could hit 500 miles of range, which is a great number, still. So this battery company is developing a chassis and apparently it's going to go, the first vehicle is it's going to go under is a, a, a new automaker called Neta, N-E-T-A. Um, and they're already, I think, into a second generation of vehicles. Uh, it's a relatively young company though. They, they have a, a GT out now, Neta does, and uh, a, a sedan and a couple, a couple like subcompact uh, or compact crossovers. Here's what just, I don't it, understand. Right. Why would inside EVs put 621 mile range in the title and then say right below it, don't trust that number? Don't, yeah, it's a bad number. Here's the right. number. It's a bad number. Well, well, right. give, it, give it what they're saying and they give you some context to take it. Tell in. me what's a good number. So don't use bad data. And it is yeah. very wild. I mean, Dom, you, I think 500 miles, you're enormously generous with that. Like with CLTC, I think if oh, you yeah? harvest, well, I think if you if you halve it and then get a bit more generous, then go up a little bit, you're probably not a million miles away. So, so you think it's, it's not, more of a 400, 400 mile? Yeah, probably. It's like it's not even WLTP. Like right, but I, I think the EPA, I think the EPA number that you get is as close to real world as any of the tests that happen. That's what we find. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and it depends yeah. on which cycle, but most cars are now running the multi-cycle test, which is more more accurate. I think people are getting the, their uh, their publicized range figures a bit better. I think EV inside somebody just did, or consumer reports just did a test where half of the vehicles they tested didn't meet the range, the posted range, but they didn't do a, a range test like the, they didn't try to, you know, synthesize the EPA range test. They just did their own highway highway range test and oh, then yeah, different, you know, different, different, tests different, results. different results i don't I know, know. <laughs> if you did the epa sir if you did the exact epa test and then you didn't get the numbers that the car makers said then right. you have a problem right yeah I, I didn't really get that that whole report and test it's like thing. i drove <laughs> up the alps and then someone else drove in the netherlands in the flattest country in the world and we got different range numbers <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, the, the, so the EPA range test is not perfect by any stretch, and it really needs to maybe I think re be revised and 
give us some different, more helpful information. I think people need we to see cold will, range and well, they do factor cold range. Right, they do a twenty degree Fahrenheit. That's that's true. Right, you were looking at that was mentioned. So we were looking at the EPA, or you were looking at the EPA certification documents with Francie on, on your out of spec podcast, and it went into some of that yeah. as well. Um, so the only other news I have here is that Morgan the has an electric. Uh, it's not a product yet. It's not a product yet. I don't know if you can pull it's it up. It's Martin. coming. Yeah, it's coming. But this is the second well, they time. they did this the... to us before. They launched. Yeah, they yeah, said they, they were going to do an EV, and then they didn't do an EV. Right. And the other one looked fabulous. Like the first one they did, I man, I thought they did a pretty good job. It was kind of hard to beat a Morgan, the original Morgan, with like a V-twin stuck to the front of it, like exposed for all the world to see. Hey, I love it. Yeah. No, I mean, it looks, it's like yeah. iconic. It I mean, just amazing. Brilliant. So, right. So this is the new one, XP1 experimental. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think we were actually going to get to it today, so I didn't pull up all the specs for. for this should have the headline story. <laughs> but it it's not, it's like not a, a real thing. It's like a prototype. Doesn't so matter. I, it's from I, Morgan. It's great. Yeah, it's very okay. good. You can't be objective and review Morgan. It's okay. not it, like it's, it doesn't matter what the specs are because it right. ever if it ever arrives, it would be different. It just sure. look at this thing. Very cool. Chili peppers. Oh, we, can, for... we can work it out. I won't do more. I won't do more man maths, but we could work that out. Like, like that, we could work out the range from this from this data. Right. Um, it's got a hundred kilowatt motor, so maybe one hundred and fifty horsepower ish. Right. So... I hate every prototype except for when Morgan does something. <laughs> <laughs> I Morgan like the screen. Gets, you know, I can never. I will. You know, if you ever see, I and I have reviewed Morgans and driven them, and I just, I'm such a fan. Yeah. So they've put 795 miles on this, apparently, according to the odometer. Wow. I want to drive nothing. it. Let me do. Let me put some miles on it. Yeah. You, you plan to go into Europe sometime soon? Actually, it's in England. In, yeah. In Martin. I'll be in Europe in like three days. Yeah. Martin, everything's like only like 20 minutes away from you. you, you That's know, true. England is small. Everything is so close. I don't, it's, just and, a, a, it's an island, right? Speak, speaking of which, thank you to everybody on the Battery Bargains episode that we did. Um, we sold the Kona last weekend. And so now I have money burning a hole. And uh, uh, so I want to either choose between a Model 3 long range, which will be probably a 20, uh, probably a 2021, because I want the rear parking sensors, <laughs> but I want reasonably good i want the 22 for the big new lg battery pack that charges quickly but um i want parking sensors too um or uh i, I can't stop thinking about the audi e-tron because it's right yeah. at around yeah. it's right at around 30 and as you just said dom everything in in england is within 20 minutes so who cares if it's got 1.8 miles per kilowatt hour efficiency i'll get there anyway eventually and i can't stop thinking about that car even though i know i should buy the model 30 well, you haven't owned a Tesla yet. And, and, that, I think, and that's what Tom said. Yeah. And yeah. I think you, the e-tron, if you had owned a Model 3 previously, I would say buy an e-tron. That's, you're going to enjoy that more. You need to see the integration of Tesla ownership. I do. And there's, I saw the news today that uh, in the Christmas update or one coming soon, the Apple podcast is becoming native into Tesla, which is, which is good. I mean, I don't personally use, personally use Apple podcasts a lot, but just when you read stuff like that, you're like, Man, I just need to be on top of all this kind of stuff and, and have a Tesla in the driveway and own one. So maybe it's How much like more six months. A... Maybe six months is long enough, and then go to a, an Audi e-tron. <laughs> so how, how, uh, how much more is a is a Model Y used? 
five grand. So they're 35 because they're quite new to the UK. So they're still 35, which we could stretch to. Like, yeah, even, even, I think you would like yeah. it so much more. Yeah, yeah. With, the, with the hatchback and the kid stuff and the push chairs and the buggies. Just, just, well, if, you know what? If, just get the, you know, there's no such thing as the right price for the wrong car. <laughs> get the Model Y. Are you, are you a used car salesman now? <laughs> you could be. That is great. There's, that's, can you say that again? Right. Oh, but I've said it. For, I say it all the time. There's no such thing as the right price on the wrong car. Okay. Other way around. Other way. Yeah. That's it. Oh, all yeah. Right. Another uh, wrong. No, yeah. Yeah. That's right. It. Okay. Well, on the wrong car. Yeah. Model Y it is then. All right. Yeah. Get a, just so, get a Model Y long range. If if you don't only have it for like six months or so, it might not depreciate too It'll much. Hold its value better. Yeah, it, it might hold its value decently. It might only be out of grand. Especially with Model 3 Highland coming, going to push the Model 3 prices down. Mm-hmm. Model Y refresh is still some ways away. Yeah, just get a yeah, Model okay. Y. Yeah, maybe I'll wait till January when no one's buying cars and come in with a silly offer and buy, uh, buy a Model Y then. Okay, but yeah, thank you to everyone who... And that was Tom's point. He's like, dude, I agree. Buy an e-tron, but also you got to buy a Tesla. Um, and if you would like your buying decisions uh suggested and uh chewed over by us or some of the team uh then that's the email address on screen right now if you're listening to the pod version battery bargains at batteries uh they all go straight to dom and he collates them and pulls them together and does a wonderful job in putting that midweek show together yeah which reminds me we need to record another one or like this weekend or do it live again on monday Easy we did we did live last week it was fun it was great i'd, I'd do it again Let's see if, if you're all available but we can talk about that afterwards um for today is there anything else we need to talk about no i'm good i'm i'm, I'm out of news over here well we're six minutes well, late we've we hit our late. time yeah okay all right so i guess we should let you all go and enjoy the rest of your day it's friday come on let's go have some lunch <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of our show if you have any questions or comments please leave them below or get in touch with us on the social media platform of your choice. Uh, don't forget, if you like the show, uh, please give us a thumbs up and uh, click subscribe. Tap that bell icon for notifications. Thank you all very much for joining us. really appreciate having you here and chatting with us in the comments. Uh, we'll see you all again very soon. Ciao.